Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Friday on the Just Baseball Show. It is presented as always by BetMGM. Use promo code JustBaseball, all one word, and start betting with the king of sportsbooks. Domingo Herman threw a perfect game on Wednesday night. We got to talk about that. Couldn't have happened and- to a better guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a salute emoji. Um, no, we're going to talk about that here on uh, on Friday, June 30th. Uh, Jack McMullen, Arm Layton. We're also going to hit on the games of the weekend. The Futures game rosters were announced a little bit earlier this week as well. And uh, I, I've got some concerns about a certain pitcher that may be an all-star that, you know, we can validate or invalidate. But um, before we jump into any of that, I read an article on GQ, and I know that you have watched season three. The title of the article is... Tim Robinson <laughs> broke my boyfriend's brain. This was by Chloe Hall. And the subheading is a writer learns the hard way that I think you should leave seems to have a degenerative effect on the language of men who grew up learning to communicate and connect through super bad and anchorman sound bites. And, and one, one sentence really piqued my interest. Um, loving lamp is the gateway to spontaneously shouting an outrageously long drive-through order. And I, I felt that in my core, uh, but I'm ready to disagree with this. I, I think that I've added it to my Rolodex of things that I say. I've got like probably 200 to 250 just one-liners that kind of make up my entire language usage. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's like a bad thing that we're we're injecting some Tim Robinson in, into our vernacular. What do you think? <laughs> um, you know, I can understand it from the lens of like a girlfriend or a wife that's just like, why does my boyfriend or husband just speak like an idiot to his friends all the time? The, the one context I can give that caught me off guard even, because by the way, I, I think you should leave is such a select like niche humor that some people just fully don't get. My mom thinks that there's something wrong with me for watching it. But so does my girlfriend and my mom. Yeah. Yeah. It, one of the one of the bits is like, you know, slicked back hair and like I used to be an asshole. And you you literally just would get on Zoom. My hair was still wet from the shower. So I guess it was a little bit more slicked back than usual. And you're like, oh, like, when did you become an asshole? And I was like, what? my initial thoughts, like, was I late? Like, what did I do? Did I like say something mean to Jack? Like, yeah, probably. But well, why does he care this time? Like, I, I didn't know what it was. And then it like resonated with me. So I, I feel like there's a level of like, people don't catch the the references because there's so many references throughout the show. And, you know, if, if you don't get it, like 
you're you're way off. Like you have no idea what this person's getting at. So I I do have a good time with it though. And yes, like I know you used to be a piece of shit. You're not anymore because you push it back. You don't slick it back. Yeah. But um, it, I was calling I was calling a game in Indy a couple weeks ago, and um, Ryan Valade, great guy, Ryan Valade, who was futures game representative for the Rockies, I think in yeah. 21, but he's he's back mm-hmm. with Indy, and Valade only two triples of the season were in back-to-back games and he hits his, he hits his second triple. And I said, in the words of Bob Odenkirk triples is best. And I was met by crickets and I heard nothing for about three days. And then one of the other Indians employees saw me on the concourse before the game. And he said, motherfucker, you quoted Tim Robinson and nobody acknowledged it. Did they? And I was like, no. Hey, you're damn right. So here we go. I thought you were going to say Ryan Valade said something like, yeah, no. No, that was nice. No, no, no. The guys, guys too sophisticated. Um, but Adley Rutschman noted, I think you should leave guy. Taylor Davis noted. I think you should leave. Unsurprising. Guy. It's big in baseball, man. Yeah, Cause yeah. you just look for dumb shit to talk about. And that's, it is. That's the gold standard of dumb shit to talk about. Um, I want to walk through why Domingo Herman threw the weirdest perfect game in baseball history. Uh, number one, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> number two, it was in Oakland against the worst team in baseball in a relatively empty ballpark on a Wednesday night. Game ended after midnight Eastern. Aaron Judge was not in the lineup. He's not on the active roster. Garrett Cole had nothing to do with it. And I saw this note from Chris Adams Walls, the newest member of the Rays radio team. Michael K didn't call it on TV. John Sterling didn't call it on radio. Like it was, I honestly, I didn't tune in until the bottom of the ninth inning. Cause I was like, I don't really want to root for this guy to do this. Um, but, I mean, this you're is also, a, you're, you're yeah. missing one other hilarious wrinkle in this. They won 11, nothing. Well, the previous two starts, Domingo Herman had given up 15 earned runs. Yeah. 15, 17 total runs Domingo Herman had given up. Um, you know, I there's there's a level of me, and I, and I know I've seen it a lot on Twitter of like, you know, people like on both sides saying like, oh, like, why would you even celebrate this guy? Like, screw him. And then others like, oh, well, how about redemption? Like, how about being able to, you know, make a, a an improvement on yourself and whatever? I just think it's it's very <laughs> ridiculous that a perfect game has stirred up a conversation about like forgiveness and redemption. Um, I I, I think ultimately, like, we just don't need to get on the other side of that. <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of things through it throughout that. And I encourage people to like read the details. If you want to make a comment on this, read the details of, of this whole situation. It's a lot different than a, he said, she said type of accusation. It's something that legitimately happened at a Yankees event and teammates pretty much were, were very upset about. So he was, like, he it was goes deeper than suspended that. 81 games. It wasn't 81, like, a, oh, this when you sucks. ever see that. Yeah. When you ever see that right away on the, on the, in the first instance, but like, let's, let's talk baseball. Cause that's what we're here to do. The fact that you can go from 15 earned runs to a perfect game, and I know it's the Oakland days, I, I, I know that, but that just that's why baseball is such a magnificent sport. Ooh. You can legitimately be horrible at your job. Horrible. He was horrible at it against the Mariners. Three and a third, four home runs, 10 runs, eight earned, two walks, one hit batsman, four Ks. And then the next week, five days later, six days later, even if it's the A's, you can be perfect. Perfect. That, that's what makes this sport so incredible is you can turn the page so quickly. Herman has been good overall this year and he's a good pitcher. Um, but that's the other thing about it, man. It's like, it wasn't Cole. It wasn't, it always ends up being the, the Domingo Herman type pitcher that does it though. The last guy who did it was Felix Hernandez. So there was this like, this shine to the perfect and there always is going to be a shine to the perfect game. There's a fraction of them compared to, to no hitters, but it was like, even the last guy that did it was one of the greats of, of our generation. Um, now it's kind of tarnished again until someone cooler does it. <laughs> this is uh, I, I saw foolish baseball front of the program say um, like the bit, whenever somebody had a perfect game, you know, through like five or six and it would be broken up. He just tweeted out a photo of Felix. He's like, I, I don't think I'm going to do Domingo Herman. I think I'm going to tweet out a photo of Kyle Higashioka because he caught it. But um, it, yeah, this is going to be, I think, remembered in a way that is more similar to Philip Umber than it is to Felix Hernandez. Because 
we remember these games. They are immortalized. We remember these names. Philip Umber, I'm never going to forget that name. I'm never going to forget what he did. Domingo Herman, I'm never going to forget that he threw a perfect game. I thought it was really cool that Dallas Braden was calling it. Dallas Braden had, I think, I think it went Umber, Braden, then Felix Hernandez, if you're looking at the three most yep. recent. So the guy that threw the second most recent perfect game in Dallas Braden was the color guy on the A's broadcast watching his team get a perfecto against it. So like, I, I appreciated that, you know, poetic justice, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, you, you appreciate it because it has only happened a finite amount of times. So that was number 24, 27, which is, which is so crazy uh, yeah. for it to be in the twenties uh, when in this sport where everything has happened a million times because there's so many games played every year and the sports existed forever. And there's so many talented pitchers. Like, it is really remarkable. It is. I think it, I'm unless I, I'm forgetting something that's just obscenely difficult in terms of things that we highlight. You know, you could say, oh, like a cycle with three stolen bases is harder. Sure. Like you could handpick a stat line that's harder. But in terms of like something with a descriptive name to describe what what, what the entire you know performance was, like perfect game, no hitter, cycle, whatever. I, there's nothing harder in this sport than throwing a perfect game because it, it, it transcends you. And, and that's the cool part too, right? You're, you're watching Josh Donaldson make the last out here uh, to, to shore up the perfect game, which it, you got to be perfect on defense too. And, and the Yankees were that. So it was cool to see. Um, I didn't watch it. I'm in Europe still. So I woke up, saw Domingo Herman perfect game and, and laughed. <laughs> first thing I, first thing I did when I woke up was just, just let out a laugh. Um, but it's it's always cool, man. It's always cool. It's just a shame that like you have all the sidebars that come with this. The most impressive thing I think is ninety nine pitches, yeah, seventy two strikes. Yeah. Like that is pretty damn good. He was just feeling it. He was pounding the zone, and I mean, <laughs> this lineup that he that he took care of. A cleanup hitter was Carlos Perez. <laughs> what? Gross. Brent Rooker in the three hole. Tony Kemp leading off like. It's a really bad lineup, but still perfection is perfection. Yeah. And he was, Herman did it in a really interesting way. He was he, just looking at his pitch usage, 52% curveball. Uh, <laughs> he was sitting 92 with a four seamer that he threw 30% of the time, 99 pitches, 51 curveballs, 34 seamers, 17 changeups, one sinker. I mean, it's, it's constantly on your toes and, and that four seamer has some sink to it. Uh, that changeup. I mean, it's, it, it dives like it's 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 a good changeup. It's a good curveball, but like doing it with those three pitches and doing it, you know, with with each like at any moment in the game, at any moment in any count, I think is really impressive. And I prefer that because the perfect game is such an art form. Like I almost prefer that where it's not an overpowering guy, as opposed to a guy that like if Hunter Green threw a perfect game, it's going to be seventy percent a hundred mile an hour fastballs. And it's going to be thirty percent nineties sliders. Yeah, and 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 I'm saying just like it's going to be like seventy percent strikeouts too, probably, and then the rest being like weak fly balls. Yeah. So this was an artsy way to go about a perfect game, which I I can really appreciate. Um, yeah, I I think the last thing that I I want to say about this feat is this was the twenty fourth in big league history. Um, in terms of like more rare things in baseball there have been 15 four homer games in baseball history but like the four homer game i remember josh hamilton did it but i can't really tell you that many guys that do it there's something about start to finish completing this perfect game i think we're going to see a lot more no hitters with how nasty pitchers are getting and how power happy hitters have gotten i think we're going to see more no hitters as we move on in the next decade or two of major league baseball but Nolan Ryan threw seven no-hitters. He never threw a perfect game. You need to be flawless to yeah. throw a perfect game. And I can appreciate that Domingo Herman, an incredibly flawed individual, was flawless on Wednesday. Yeah. I love that. Also, four home run note. It's so much harder to do now, um, like you said. And just, it, you, you have to get four phenomenal swings off but not only that then you also have to lip like you could square it up too well that's why it's harder than the cycle because single double you know you can have a blooper and that 
if you, you're able to extend it to second base, you can have, you know, so many different ways where you can get portions of that cycle. Four home runs, you got to have four money swings. I don't know if you looked at it. Do you know the most recent four home run game? Was it Josh Hamilton? No, Josh Hamilton was the 16th. You've had two cents. There's one, there's one that you, it's, it's funny. It's so backwards. There's one that you should know because it's a funny name. And then there's another that like, it's like, oh shit, I forgot he did that, but he's really good. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Scooter Jeanette is coming yep. to mind. Scooter Jeanette's the funniest of all time. <laughs> and then the most recent one, which ironically was three months later, which is crazy. Cause I don't think you've had two in the same season at all from what I'm looking at. JD Martinez is the only active player with, with a four home run game, which makes sense. Cause that guy, when he's locked in, his swing is almost like a robot, especially when he was at his peak. And it's like, okay, if if you're making mistakes to him, like that's a guy that could give you four almost like robot swings, just crush it out of the yard and, and go. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a really impressive feat. Mike Cameron in 2002, Carlos Delgado in 2003, Sean Green in 02. Uh, these are the only ones since 2000, which is nuts. You got Hamilton in 2012. You got Jeanette in 2017 and JD in 2017. I agree. Like that is the single most incredible feat. Someone will do it at some point in the next you know, handful of years, but it, it's going to take, I think, a lot of things working together. Bad pitching, game gets away. They don't really care late in the game where you already have the two or three home runs and guy just is locked in on another level. It'll happen, but it, it might be a little bit, especially because they just walk guys now too. Like it, you're going to yeah. let someone else beat you. That's why the game has to get out of hand. That's exactly. the only way I can see it. Um, I, I think the guy that like, if I were to pick a leader in the clubhouse, the best candidate for a four homer game, it's not Jordan. It's not judge. It's not even Otani or Matt Olson. It's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has six, three homer games in his career. Wow. That's a share of the most in big league history. So you have to think about a guy like that where Yes, Judge had 62 last year. Jordan can hit 460-foot nukes. Otani can have a multi-homer game in a game that he pitches. But Betts has been the best. It's Mookie Betts, Sammy Sosa, and Johnny Mize as the only three guys in big league history with six three-homer games. Betts is a guy that can do it in bunches. And when he's feeling right, he's feeling right. And I think yeah. that if you had to ID one guy, that's probably for me the most likely to do this four homer thing. But again, there have only been 15 of them in big league history, which is unbelievable. Uh, that'll be fun. Whenever that comes, I'm with you. I put Jordan as like of the names you mentioned, probably the, the next most likely because of the lack of whiff, just the way he's able to just co so consistently hit the ball hard. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's, that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to see who, who does it. Um, all right, Futures game. Let's talk about the Futures game roster here because I, there are some really exciting names that are on these rosters. They split it. Mm -hmm. It was USA and World in 2021, right? That was I think it might have been before that. It might have been before that. Um, but yeah, I always thought that was bizarre. Just just go American League nationally. I don't know what USA and World is. Like it, that doesn't make sense. That's, like I, I always weird. thought that was bizarre. I thought so too, but I, I'm glad that they went back to American League and National League. There are a bunch of just baseball top 100 guys in here yeah. and some guys that might be making their way onto the back end of the top 100. A hundred percent. And and the link is in the episode description for the article that Jack and I threw together. It took us a lot of time um, with, with blurbs and stats. Don't fucking look at it. <laughs> yeah. So please, please read it. So it was worth my time. Um, it, it, it's everything you need to know on basically every futures game player. Um, or at least like a, a quick lowdown on each player and their numbers. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the notables on both sides, people for, you know, players for you to look out for, because I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is like as tuned into the prospect world. If you are like, we we're going to have a super in-depth episode on the call up, breaking down every single player on the roster. Uh, but there's just a lot of fun uh, on the, on the, in this game. And I will say though, Jack, before we get into it, there's a lot of really good players, and I don't want to take away from the excitement, yep. but I do feel like we're seeing some teams mail it in a little bit more with this. Like this used to be something where you had to send your best guys no matter what. Yeah. And if I, there's some teams with just their org, their org kind of stinks. Uh, they don't really have guys that like fit the criteria yet, but 
I just I find it a little surprising that you know some of the teams which we'll go through like guys that I'd like to see like how is Tamar Johnson not there for the Pirates versus yeah. who they're sending? Um, maybe they don't want to disrupt their their schedule and want those guys continuously playing, and maybe that's what it is. But like if you miss a week, I don't know. It didn't used to be that way. So I, most teams sent their best guys, but there's a few teams where it's like they must hate the futures game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, and like. You know, we were looking at the Miami Marlins and Nassim Nunez. We love Nassim Nunez, and you were a big fan of his when he was a guest on the call up. And this guy can burn, but I mean, Nassim is like, you know, not one of the blue chip hitting prospects in the Marlins system. Pat Montverde, the other guy that they're sending, is 25 years old. Um, Yaz Verzulueta is second year going to the futures game. He is a starter converted to a reliever that is walking seven and a half guys per nine. Yeah. Like, wh- why is Yaz Verzulueta there? I want to see Tiedemann again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if Tiedemann's hurt, like, they've got other guys they can send. The Jays have plenty of other dudes that they could probably send. That Mako, right? They, yeah, they could send him. They could send Semro like which they sent, actually. So he he's one guy that could go. Um, there's a handful of guys that have been playing really well in that system that we can get into that, like, you could probably send. But they sent the reliever um so but again not not every team followed that there's a ton of top 100 guys and you want to just highlight a few of our like favorites i guess on on both ends yeah so i was just going to go through like positional groups i was going to start with the al and and pitchers should i rip off all the names and we id like one or two guys in each group yeah yeah you might as well you might as well yeah so in the american league the pitching group clayton beater of the yankees joey cantillo of the guardians david festa of the twins Sem Roberts of, of the Toronto Blue Jays, Yaz Verzilueta of the Blue Jays, Shane Drohan of the Red Sox, Jonathan Cannon of the White Sox, Owen White, the only guy with big league service that's going to throw in the Futures game of the Rangers, and Will Klein, upper 90s guy for the Kansas City Royals. Who jumps out to you in that group? So, you know, I, there, there's like the level of like, okay, I don't want to see a reliever, and that's why I was like, ah, Zilueta, whatever. Will Klein is fun because he's going to come into that game and he's going to throw 102. Yes. So, it, it, like that... Props to the Royals. If you don't want to send one of your like more blue chipper, you don't want to send Mazzucato because he's recovering from injury. You don't want to send somebody else. Send a guy that's going to let up the radar gun and get people talking. Um, but of those names, it, it's got to be Joey Cantillo in terms of the in- intrigue. Like Cantillo with the Guardians has just been nasty. We've talked about him on, on on the call up. I mean, just just carving through guys. He's run into a little bit more trouble in AAA. Is understandably it's it's a it's a good challenge for him. And then a guy that I'm actually excited to see because I haven't watched too much of him and I want to see from this angle is David Festa. This this is the kind of guy that should be at the Futures game. This is somebody that Twins fans are very aware of and probably excited about. But people outside of the Twins organization don't know that this guy sits upper 90s with a disgusting slider and a good changeup. Like Festa could be a legit big league arm. The ERA is inflated. So you, you look at the surface, you're probably not paying attention to him, but he's extremely talented. That's a guy that like if you're again, if you're going to send somebody that's not a top 100 guy, I love the David Festas of the world that are going. Yeah, um, I think Cantillo is the guy that jumps out to me. Clayton Beater, another guy that jumps out to me. He was mm-hmm. that Gallo return from the Dodgers mm-hmm. to the Yankees. And Beater was a guy that I think you and I both looked at and it's like, that's a reliever. He's starting games, but that's a reliever. Not so fast, my friend, mm-hmm. with the Yankees this year. He's been uh, he's been a bit of an innings eater in the minor league. So it'll be interesting to see Beater throw uh, or this version of Clayton Beater throw. AL catchers, loaded group. Tyler Soderstrom of the A's. Edgar Caro of the Angels and Harry Ford of the Mariners. One sentence on each of the three guys go. Yeah, Soderstrom was our preseason number 16 prospect. He has ridiculous power. Edgar Caro, one of the youngest guys at double A, switch hitter, one of the better catching prospects in the game. And then Harry Ford, we saw him playing for Great Britain. This guy is the most athletic catcher in the minor leagues. Catching position is a blast. And that's it's funny. I think teams just don't want to send their arms. That seems to be the case here. Yeah. Uh, go listen to the call up. Go read the article if you want to go a little bit deeper on these guys. But we're just leaving you a little bit of a taste on the just baseball. Yes. So uh, AL infielders, Marcelo Meyer and Nick York, both with the Red Sox. Jackson Holiday, last year's number one pick with the Baltimore Orioles. Colt Keith with the Tigers. Junior Caminero with the Tampa Bay Rays, who is. Uh, are you the high guy on Junior Caminero? Everyone's the high guy on him now, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, man. Kyle Manzardo of the Tampa Bay Rays as well. Kyron Paris of the Angels. Justin Henry Malloy of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I think the names that jump out in terms of relatively universally known prospects are, are Meyer and Holiday. Uh, but shed some love on Colt Keith and Kevin Arrow yeah, for me. Thank you. Because um, Colt Keith, 
I think is one of the most elite hitting prospects in the game. The only reason we, we preseason ranked him 66. We were the high guys on Keith. I can promise you that. And he's going to be higher than that. But the only reason he's not a top 25 prospect, top 30 prospect is he doesn't really have a position. He's got a little bit of that Edouard Julien to him where like, you don't really know where to stick him, but I think he's got much better defensive potential than, than Julian Keith with the field to hit and easy plus power and good approach. This guy's going to be a force. Just, just no, I think he debuts this year. And then Caminero is turning into, I think that next Jackson Chorio type where he's just going to fly and he's going to be consensus top 10 by the end of the year. He was so good in low A, they bumped him quickly to high A. He was so good in high A this year, they bumped him to double. He's hitting for average. He hits nukes. And they're even playing him at shortstop a little bit. And this is a big dude that played the hot corner. He's special. Um, th- th- this infield is electric. I mean, people are going to really enjoy watching Caminero. 100%. Uh, 35 games for Edward Julian with the Minnesota Twins. What do you think he's OPSing? And this is a guy whose like, game is literally all about OPS. He's going to walk. He's going to slug. What do you think his OPS is? It's been so up and down for him, I feel like. I have no idea. I'm going to say 805. 790. Ooh, okay. I that's can, good. I can appreciate that, man. I think As Julian a rookie is, with sporadic playing time, that's good. I think Julianne is uh, as as close to bust-proof as we've got because he's always going to walk. He's always going to slug. He's, um, he's far from the problem in Minnesota right now. He's far you. from the problem. Uh, AL outfielder Spencer Jones with the Yankees. Heston Kerstad with the Baltimore Orioles. Drew Gilbert with the Astros. Jonathan Classe with the Seattle Mariners and Lawrence Butler with the Oakland A's. Spencer Electric. Jones is, um, I don't know, cut from the James Wood cloth, I would say. Yeah, you know, I was hoping he'd be closer to Wood in the bat to ball department, just not the case, but cut from the cloth of six foot seven with above average to plus speed almost in center field and prolific power. Wood will get to like that guy's a different breed but i agree like you don't find guys like that with that size and athleticism and center jones if he gets a hold of one people will be very excited about him how about class a real quick yeah i mean and also kerstad fun story yeah. this has to be like his last swan song before they, they call him up maybe or trade him i don't know what the hell they're gonna do but he's so awesome class a has been the breakout prospect of the year i think he's run into a little bit of trouble in double a but he's a 70 runner switch hitter who just sells out for lift. So 16 home runs, 42 bags. He's electrifying, probably frustrating if, if he plays for your favorite team, which he, you know, he's in the minors right now, but like if he if puts it all together, nuts fan, you're probably pissed. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pissed, but he's electrifying and he's the perfect kind of player for this game. And I know you love Lawrence Butler. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Lawrence Butler. This guy, um, you said it in the write-up, like each time you check in, he's like, more solid mm-hmm. more i guess refined with, with his approach i thought this guy was tooled out when i saw him in high a in 2021 um and that was just a brief moment at high a at the end of the 2021 season but last year uh the entirety in high a this year so far the entirety in double and, and lawrence butler is slashing 284 350 460 k rate under 20 percent. i think that's yeah, massive that's the big lawrence note butler. yeah big note there a's have a good one in butler top 100 guy potentially Yep. National League pitchers, Kyle Harrison of the Giants, Carson Wisenhunt of the Giants, uh, Mick Abel of the Phillies, Tink Hentz of the St. Louis Cardinals, Jacob Mizorowski of the Brewers. Take note, folks. Oh. You're going to fall in love with him. Mike Vassell of the Mets, Spencer Schwellenbach of the Braves, Patrick Montverde of the Marlins, and J.P. Massey of the Pirates. It's all about Mizorowski, man. That's the one yeah. that people are going to come away like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, again, you can read the article on the the handful of top 100 guys. Shout out to the National League for sending top 100 arms. Kyle Harrison, top 100, Abel, top Tink 100. Hens. Shout out to St. Louis for sending Tink Hens. Yes, but he deserves this opportunity. Like th- This is a guy that is so fun on the mound, and I think people are going to really love him. But I'm going to make one prediction on this game. Jacob Mizorowski is going to go viral. Yes. Because I, I don't think a lot of people have seen Jacob Mizorowski throw. Brewers, right-handed pitching prospect. He's 6'7", but... You've heard us recently talk about vertical approach angle, vertical attack angle, where you release the ball, you know, and how it looks like it's carrying out of the hand. The lower you release it, the better. His vertical attack angle for a 6'7 pitcher, and you want to release it as low as possible, it's as low as humanly possible for a six foot seven pitcher. So he gets insane extension and releases it low. That combination is going to make him unhittable. Oh, yeah, by the way, he touches 100. Yeah. Um, and he has a low 90s cutter. I've talked to some guys that have faced him in the minor leagues and, you know, he's still honing in on the command 
understand like most six, seven young starters are, but they've said most uncomfortable at bat. They've, they've, they've maybe had in professional baseball, low nineties, cutter, mid eighties, sweeper, hundred mile an hour fastball. I promise you pitching and just going to put him up there and he's going to go viral. And people are going to say, what the fuck is this? And it's so weird, bro. Like he's six, seven, but he's so whippy and you can't see the ball. Like it's so unorthodox. It looks like slender man is on the hill and he's mm-hmm. pumping one Oh two at you. It's it's fun. Um, it goes without saying we'll be well within the top 100 update. Yes. Um, all right. NL catchers, my guy, Andy Rodriguez with the Indianapolis Indians and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jefferson Carroll with the Brewers. Dalton rushing with the Dodgers. This is a good trio. And actually, Andy has been the worst performer of the bunch in, in the minor league so far. Wait, and I, you can speak to Andy like I, his numbers have been, you know, underwhelming. I don't think anybody's concerned about him whatsoever. Uh, nothing jumps off the page with him, but this is just such a good baseball player, switch hitting catcher. That was our minor league hitter of the year last year. I don't think you're worried about Andy. No, I'm not worried about Andy. And I will tell you now, I fucking love the guy. That dude's makeup is off the charts. He is awesome. And uh, I think we're going to get a chance to link with Andy um, if we do. Uh, some content will be coming to the Just Baseball page on, yeah. on that front. So Reminder um, to Mets fans, just wanted to pile on real quick too. That man was traded in a three-team trade, but essentially transactionally for Joey Lucchese. Yes, Andy Rodriguez for Joey Lucchese. Joe Musgrove made his way from Pittsburgh to San Diego in that deal, but like it was it was a mess. Uh, NL infielders, two Arizona Diamondbacks, Jordan Lawler, Ryan Bliss, Jackson Merrill with the Padres, Noel V. Marte, who I just saw make his AAA debut with the Cincinnati Reds, um, Brady House of the Nationals, Nassim Nunez of the Marlins, and B.J. Murray of the Chicago yeah. Cubs. So real quick on the catchers, too. Jefferson Caro is probably my favorite catching prospect in in, in baseball at this point. Yeah. Um, we were the high guys on him before the year, and I think now everyone's going to have him in the top 100. Electrifying. You'll enjoy him. Rushing. Might not catch. Rakes. Um yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the Marte debut. That this is, you know, kind of that next wave of Reds prospects. He can really swing it. Jackson Merrill, you'll look at the numbers, you'll say numbers are kind of meh, and he's the 14th ranked prospect in baseball. This kid is polished, and yeah. he's playing in one of the worst hitter environments you were used to call games, Jack in Fort Wayne. Um, Merrill is going to be special, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that he might go like 0 for two before they pull him. And people are going to like, if you haven't watched Merrill play, they're going to be like, that's a ball player. Oh, like, that, that's what he does. I'm going to almost like trademark the Merrill effect because like, even when he doesn't succeed, you're like, man, everything he does looks good. But his bat to ball skills are elite. He's very projectable. You're just going to love watching Merrill play. And then I got to, I got to shine some praise on Brady house. I, yeah. I was very frustrated with Brady house last year. And, 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 you know, you can only know so much he was hurt and I've, I've dug deeper into this. I've reached out to people. It, it was the the nationals kind of undersold how how banged up he was. He's hitting the shit out of the ball this year, exit velocities and power wise. This guy was a eleventh overall pick in twenty twenty one. Crazy juice. He could be fun. And then Naz Nunez, he's here because he flies. But this guy will make some of the best plays you'll ever see in the field. I'll never forget. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I think on the call up, but it's the best way I can describe it. I texted Griffin Conine, my good friend, that who's his teammate in Pensacola, and I said, you know, how do you describe Nas Nunez's defense? Because he really is, I think, an 80-grade shortstop. And he said, in his first five games with us, he made five plays I've never seen at shortstop. <laughs> now, you know, Griff's been around. He played in the ACC. He played for the Blue Jays org. He's been up now in the Marlins org in double A's. Five plays I've never seen at shortstop. That's what Nas does. I promise you, this guy loves the spotlight. He will make a crazy play. That will go pretty crazy on Twitter. Remember Mason Wentz throw last year? Yeah. Nas will do some crazy shit this year. I promise. Dude, it's so – he's just like the electric build too. And like the batting average is low and the K rate's a little over 20%. You, you'd prefer to see it under 20% for a guy with minimal pop. But I mean 33 for 36 in the stolen base department for Nunez. And he's an elite glove. Like that shit's cool. Um, NL outfield. Holy hell, dude. Electric. Jackson Chorio of the Brewers. James Wood of the Nationals, Pete Crow Armstrong of the of the uh, Cubs, Justin Crawford, Carl Crawford's kid of the Phillies, first round pick last year, Yankiel Fernandez, my new favorite player in baseball, the Colorado Rockies. Rocktober is here in 2025 because Yankiel is going to be there, and Victor Scott the second of the St. Louis Cardinals, 50 bags in 66 games at what the fuck? So far. 50 bags this year already. He's going to steal 100, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Chorio, you know Chorio by now. James Wood, you know James Wood by now. Those two guys, you mean, they're, they're appointment television. PCA is so fun. And that's another guy. Check out his interview. I'm sure we'll, we'll try to link and do some stuff with him out there too. He is so much fun and he is really hidden. And he's the best defensive center fielder I've ever seen below the big league level. Carl Crawford's son can move. Surprise, surprise. And Yankee Fernandez is 20 years old and he's already hitting balls 114 miles an hour. The National League is a lot more fun. I'll just say that. The National League squad is definitely a lot more fun. No, it's so much more fun. So that Futures game is on Saturday, July 8th. We'll be there. We'll be talking to you on uh, on the Just Baseball social media channels. And uh, if you want the full breakdown on every guy, again, check out the article in the episode description and go listen to the call-up uh, coming either yesterday or today, right? Yep. So yes, there sir. we go. Okay, uh, real quick about So Rare. That uh, video of me kind of explaining the limited card set is out. Um, I'm like, I'm in the process of deliberating, like whether I want to pull the trigger on some of these limited cards or not. <laughs> like Dalton Varsho is one of those guys that's always going to have a special place in my heart because he can play catcher. He can play out like he can do all of it. Um, Varsho, I feel like can't be this bad moving forward. It, and would you call him bad like he got off to a really slow start but the blue jays are just in a weird spot like does dalton varshall make any sense to purchase for a little under 10 bucks no those are the kind of cards i'm looking for in the limited space um and again you can draft your team for free and win merch uh for and, and play in our fantasy baseball league in there but as you kind of start to have more fun with it i think you'll want to get into the limited side of things for me you know i'm not going to spend more than 10, $15 on some cards to add to my team. Right. I kind of want to piece it together. So I want guys that are, that have the upside to be all-stars, but aren't playing like one or, or hadn't played like one yet. Like Arias ahead of this year was my one pickup. I, I, Varsho might not ever get to where we think he can, but from a fantasy perspective, and I still think he's going to bounce back and be better. The speed and power combination that you're getting there, he can't be worse than he's been. And he's still a pretty good fantasy option. Like that's the, that's the exact kind of player that I, I I'm trying to ID. So I, I think you, you you've nailed it there. I'm trying to think like who else is kind of in that bar show. Like Cattell Marte would have been a perfect example of that before the year started. I don't know what his price is at now, but like, he's probably still relatively affordable, but Marte was a guy that all-star caliber wasn't playing like one. You could probably have picked his card up for about 10 bucks. Like those are the guys that I love for the limited lineups. Cause if they have a good week, you can win big time prizes when those guys all click and they have the boom potential to be as good as anybody when they're right. Yeah. One of the guys that I ID'd in that video was Reed Detmers, whose card was at $9. And like Detmers might be a little too late now. That guy is lighting the world on fire over his last couple of starts. And I'm totally in on what that guy's doing. I, I think he has legit ability to be the two behind Otani's one in the postseason if the Angels were to get wow. him. Wow. Well, I think they're going to acquire, they might acquire the two, which is the crazy part. But if not, I mean, they're going to need him to be something like that. That's crazy though. I, I think you could probably, if you bought the Detmers card, the limited card, when you said to buy it, you probably could have flipped it for like 20% profit by now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Read Det the reason that I buy into that. And like, let me just, I'm not talking out of my ass here. Detmers, I think, has this pitch mix that's just going to work. The fastball is full-blown 95. It was 90, at 91 to 93 at Louisville, but like he's sitting 95 now. He'll go and grab a six or a seven. The slider's fucking good, man. And the curveball is still the curveball. That implementation of the slider, and we started to see it, I guess, back half of last year where the slider got really good. If he can go mid-90s heater, great curveball, and a nasty slider, I think with with that guy, with that unique delivery, and with that like bulldog mentality that we both know he has, I think that can be a legit too. Yeah, I think he's in that category of like the stuff is good. If he's off a little bit, he's going to look like that like four. But when he's on and he's got good command, he's one of those guys where when it's pinpoint, he can dominate because the stuff is good enough. Three above average pitches, one plus pitch, and you spot. You're in business. A subdued version of that. And the last guy I'll mention, like Braxton Garrett. Yes. Nothing, nothing is plus, but everything is like 4550. So if his if his if he's not commanding it, yeah, he might have a rough start. But when he's commanding it, he has so many different ways he can get you out that he dominates and he has been dominating lately. That's another one on so rare. 
I'm, I'm picking up Brax. He's less than 10 bucks. He, he's a no brainer and he's young and you get to keep these cards as long as you want. So it's, you have them for next season and beyond that. It's a great excuse to go grab like your favorite underrated guy on your favorite team. Like for White Sox fans, Absolutely. if you want to go grab Gregory Santos for your bullpen, like go do it. That's a 23 year old that looks good. So yeah, I, again, join our league. It's in the episode description here. But uh, if you already are in our league and want to get a little bit more involved, check out the limited cards there. Um, I want to wrap with games of the weekend, but before we do that, we were texting and you were on a little watch party that we did on YouTube, which was really fun with some of our guys, Ethan Clay and Ben Bellotti, YouTube mastermind hopped on as well. So um, we were talking about Joe Ryan's blow up start on Tuesday against Atlanta, and that was bombs away against Joe Ryan. And that was a level of. I don't know, I guess, uh, vulnerability and mortality that we had not seen from Joe Ryan yet this year, because this was a guy that got to 100 punches and had walked 12, 13. So Joe Ryan getting lit up by a really good offense, maybe the best offense in baseball in Atlanta, um, at least right now. I know Tampa has been great. I know Texas has been great, but the best offense in the National League. What do you make of, of Joe Ryan's struggles on Tuesday? You look at a, a Joe Ryan, and, and I, I have a theory on this, and I was talking about it on our on our stream. Um, there was your stream that I kind of impeded also. <laughs> Speaking of impeding, you probably catch um, my family <laughs> kind of sneaking in and out behind me. Um, there's there's a level of when, when those fastball dominant guys are on, they're unhittable. Like kind of similar to what we were just talking about. When you have the, the high spin, you know, high end zone with fastball guys, and they're clicking like Bryce Miller, for example, they say, here's the fastball, try and hit it. And most guys can't, yeah. but when they're off, there's no fallback plan. What, yeah. What's your fallback plan when you throw your fastball 60% of the time? That's, that's the struggle. And the thing is the difference between, I think the Christian Javier's and previously the Joe Ryan, cause Joe Ryan looks really good. But I think now this is showing us the difference between the Javier's and the Ryan's is that consistency because you're going to have way more blow up starts when you're fastball dominant. And, and I thought that this is exactly what it's been. I also think specifically to Joe Ryan, because Joe Ryan's been good, not great. And again, I think the fastball dominant guys, it's like what I always used to say about Mike D'Antoni. Like, he's going to be the reason why you get to the playoffs and he's going to be the reason why you lose in the playoffs. Like the, the strategy of of getting buckets, uh, taking taking threes and, and subpar defense, like it, it can get you to the playoffs, but it might hurt you or hurt you in the big spots. I think with with a guy like Joe Ryan, you know, he he adds the splitter to try to give himself another wrinkle, but the slider has been diminished. Like it is a horrible pitch. The slider does not get any outs. So now the splitter ends up being that better out pitch, but a splitter is a very hit or miss pitch. And you remember like a lot of those splitter guys when they didn't have the splitter would get blown up. Remember Tanaka, the start oh, he didn't have a splitter. It was oh. it was over. So Joe Ryan now is like double in the hot and cold kind of category because he's fastball dominant and he's a splitter guy and the slider's unusable. So I still think Joe Ryan is great. And I think when he's on, he's going to dominate. But I think we're going to see those blow-up starts. And I think he's going to be cut from a similar cloth to that Tanaka, but a little bit more subdued because the stuff isn't quite as good. Right. Yeah, that's fascinating because like we only saw the good from Joe Ryan. And the fact that he was able to only show us the good for the first you know, 14 starts of his season is a testament to Joe Ryan. And, and yeah. who's not to think that, you know, he's going to get back to that good stretch. I think Joe Ryan is certainly all-star worthy this year, but that was an eyebrow raising start. I have one last thing too to say on him is you have an approach now for, against Joe Ryan, the slider he's only throwing, you know, over his last, you go specifically to his last five starts. He's only thrown a slider 9% of the time. And he only lands it for a strike 59% of the time. And even so, opponents are hitting 417 against it. I'm not worried about his slider. So now I have two pitches to worry about, a splitter and a fastball. Where does a splitter go? Down. Where does where does Joe Ryan's fastball go? Up. Eliminate one of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like that that's where it's at. So now he really he has to beat you with the pitch that you're expecting or there's no east to west here. So there's, there's a lot. Yeah. And that's kind of where he's at. So I think he'll tweak, he'll figure it out. He'll still have those starts where even if you are able to split it in half and, and game plan, he can still beat you because he's still racking up a ton of wh- a whiff and chase on the fastball. Yeah. But 
again, league adjusts to you. Let's see how Joe Ryan adjusts back. He's going to be fine, though. Yep. All right. Real quick games of the weekend. We've got Astros Rangers all weekend long, but oh, actually, have... yeah, actually, I wanted to mention one thing to you. I wanted to get your thoughts. Sorry to cut you okay. off. No, no, no. You're good. Do you remember what Johnny Cueto did um, <laughs> when he uh, first signed with the Marlins and his whole introduction? Yeah. Didn't he like drive a van onto the field at Lone Depot? Yeah, and then he walked all the way in from center field with a flag on his shoulders and did this whole show on the mound. Yeah. What's Johnny Cueto gave up five earned runs in the first inning, I believe, in Jacksonville after giving up, I think, more than that in double A Pensacola. And I don't think he throws another inning for the Marlins this year. So he will have done that whole show. I tweeted the video, by the way. It's pretty funny. I might make like a TikTok on it just because it's so ridiculous. He does that whole show. He's going to pocket $8.5 million. And he's going to throw one inning as a Miami Marlin. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah, I just good for to... Johnny Cueto. The the yeah, dollars yeah. per yeah, inning career. is through the roof. The dollars per inning is through the fucking roof. And <laughs> yeah. he's he's hurting the other teams. He was hurting the Pensacola Blue Wahoos in a playoff chase, and he just Jacksonville. I think it was their biggest comeback in history. He set up the biggest comeback in their team's history, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jacksonville, I think it was like seven run, seven earned in four innings in Durham the other night, and his ERA went down from like the mid-11s <laughs> to the mid-10s. So, hey, so shout out they, Johnny Cueto, the yeah. guy that put the photo of the deceased horse on Instagram. Johnny Cueto. Don't pick him up on so rare. No, don't pick him up on so rare. All right, real quick, games of the weekend here. Um, not a lot of announced starting pitching matchups, so I'm gonna, I'm going to run through the starting pitching matchups that we do have. Uh, two intriguing ones on Friday, but I will tell you that Astros Rangers, I'm going to be really keyed in on, and Marlins Braves, I'm going to be really keyed in on. Don't be. You think it's going to be a mutilation? It might be, but this is a great. Uh... This is a great like litmus test, right? At least it's good that there's like buzz around it. No, it's it's great that it matters. It's 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 great that it's not like uh let's let's just try to survive this. I mean, the Marlins just took a series from the Red Sox for the first time since uh, what, what was it, 2007? I don't even know. Yeah. And they might sweep for the first time in in franchise history. Um yeah, I mean, the excitement has never been higher. So, I, if the Marlins can take that series, I think, you know, Craig Mish just who's been very understandably harsh on the Marlins, which he should should be over the last couple of years, said the team might be all in if they keep riding this. I don't know what all in looks like, but a couple wins against the Braves to ride into the all-star break, assuming they keep the momentum rolling. If you take a series against the team that has been just ravaging baseball, I'm really interested to see what all in looks like. So I'm with you. I think that series does have really interesting implications. Allen definitely looks like Jan Gomes. All in, all in is Jan Gomes and overpaying for your Jimer Candelario. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, all right. Games of the weekend real quick. 5-10 on Friday in Cincinnati. You Darvish against Graham Ashcraft, who looked decent coming off the IL. The yeah. Reds are hot, man, and the Padres are the Padres right now. But you Darvish could get them back on track. That is a very Homer happy ballpark, though, that Darvish is coming into. How about the implications on this one? I think the Reds are already sold on being buyers, but how aggressive? Are you all in, quote unquote, or are you cautiously buying? I think they should be somewhere in the middle. Can the Padres fight for their season? Um, can Ashcraft look like maybe early Ashcraft? I thought he was better than the stat line. I agree with you. So, I mean, if Ashcraft gets back to even something in between what he's been and what he was uh, before that, outlook looks a lot better for the Reds. So this that's a that's a big highlighted one for me, too. Yep. Uh, 10-10 in Seattle. Shane McClanahan against Bryce Miller. You're just going to highlight every McClanahan start. Every yes, because McClanahan's uh, goaded. That's that's fun. That is a fun. That, th- there's not that many implications, though. The Mariners are fighting for their wives. That's about it. It's kind of crazy, man. Um, Let's go to Saturday now. I, I think this lines up for Glasnow and George Kirby on Saturday. Yeah, it's electric. This should be a fun. This series should have been one of those, like, series of the year if the Mariners were playing the way they're supposed to, but Hey, this is a way to get on track. They're not dead yet. Yep. Uh, four ten on Saturday. I think this lines up for Sandy Alcantara against Charlie Morton at four ten. Are you buying with Sandy selling? You know, I've, I've been vocal about 
not being overly concerned with him. I think it's been death by several paper cuts. You know, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things that are hurting Sandy. So I think this start will tell tell you a lot. And I think it'll it'll you'll get a better answer from me. Even if he goes five innings or six innings of three run ball, I'll feel better. It's just if he doesn't have that blow up inning and it looks like he's progressing, the Braves have given him a hard time. That that one should be circled on everybody's calendar that's been asking what's wrong with Sandy Alcantara. Like this is the time to find out. This is totally the time to find out. Justin Verlander throws against the Giants at home on Saturday at 410. Uh after the Steve Cohen press conference, does Verlander throw eight innings of one run ball? Is it, I almost hope he doesn't because then like everyone's gonna be like oh yeah like Steve would a fire under them Rated. or whatever. Yeah. It's totally up to Justin Verlander. I will say the last start was better, but it, it, he's been doing this weird like every other start thing. So I'm interested to see if he can shake the every other start thing and give us two straight good starts. Yeah, pick a series winner. That's how I want to wrap this three game series: Reds, Padres in Cincinnati. Wouldn't this just be the series for the Padres to get going? Yeah, I, I or, or or it's where they die, <laughs> and you have the the Reds who you know are really surging. I'm gonna go Reds. I think the cream rises to the top here. You got a team that's really really scuffling, and you got a Reds team that's the opposite. Okay, uh, three games set in Arlington: Astros, Rangers. This is another one, man. Like, what's up with the Astros? You said in Arlington. In I think the Astros have a firewood under them in this one. This is a statement one. Like, hey, you were really worried about us because I said I was worried too. I'm not talking about them listening to us, but I'm just saying like other people were worried. I think, I think the Astros remind us who they are. Yeah. Um, the Twins are running out Pablo Lopez, Bailey Ober, Sonny Gray in a three-game set in Baltimore. Three best arms. <laughs> three right best now. arms in Baltimore. Did the Twins take this series in Baltimore? I think it lines up for Bradish, Cole, or... Let's see, Bradish, Cole Irvin, and Dean Kramer. I'm going to say no. You're you're taking an offense that has just been putrid, and you're putting them in a place where the balls that they're like, I finally got a hold of one, is not getting out. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go Orioles take this. Okay, last one. Arizona goes to Anaheim this weekend. Three games set. You've got Diamondbacks, Angels. I think this is going to be an awesome weekend series. Yeah. I think the Angels are getting ready to really, really, really heat up. Um, I'm going to go Angels here. Otani is kind of clicking on on another yeah, level now. Cylinder. Yeah, he Trout, found another Trout's, Trout's looking like Trout again. The rest of the team is is looking solid. I, I'm going to go Angels. Statement, statement series from the Angels, too. All right, there we go. Every link you need is in the episode description. Have a great weekend, you fine people, and we'll be back talking to you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>